Welcome back to the Redeemer Anglican Church of Asheville podcast. It's been a while, uh, but we are excited to be with you. I am with Potter, Father, Gary, uh, and we are going to talk today um, about a specific, the specifics of Advent and what Advent means. Advent can mean many things to many people, depending on what tradition you come at. I know that at Redeemer, we have people that have come from a lot of different traditions and may not even have a clue about what Advent is. I know you spoke about it on Sunday, giving a little bit of the background, but I was wondering if you could start us by talking about what is our vision of Advent? What does it mean to us as a Redeemer community? Yeah, Advent is um, commonly seen in a lot of cases Advent is commonly seen as a time of year when um, it's like pre-Christmas. And so you have this, it's a countdown season. And many times uh, our parties, our office parties are all during Advent. Um, But what Advent... And college football and soccer and all the great things. (laughs) All those wonderful things. And it is. (laughs) Um, But Advent has traditionally been more of a a time of um, preparation, not for the nativity, but for Christ's return, his coming again, the second advent, his second appearing. Um, and so, so wait, 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 let me yeah. ask you a question. I'm yeah. not sure I've ever even heard that before. So you're in a sense saying that it's, we're not, liter- we're not waiting for the birth of the Christ child. What we're waiting for is the, the reemergence of Christ and, and the redemption of Christ in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So in a sense, it's a, it's an early Easter, kind of a, a pre-Easter. I don't know how you would explain it, but I mean, if Easter is that... Yeah, well, I mean, if Easter is the resurrection of Jesus, yet we know that he will return again, that's what we're waiting for, the, that return again, his coming again. That's why you hear a lot of prophecies um, that that talk about the day of the Lord, for instance. Um, and there's actually some really difficult readings throughout Advent and even pre-Advent and the minor prophets where it's like the judgment. And so we think about judgment um, not in the sense of, uh, God destroying our enemies, but destroying um, sin and death. Um, and so we think about those areas of our life um, that um, might be uh, that that we need light shed on that might have been buried within us throughout this year. And it's a time where we're quiet and we ask ourselves, um, what do I need to do to prepare myself for Jesus coming again? Wow, you've, you've literally, if I was on, I'd see a mind-blown thing here, <laughs> because I, I do feel a little bit like that, honestly. Um, so let's unpack that a little bit. For a, a person who loves, uh, had, a, had a mom, um, you know, we've talked about this, I was raised Catholic, so so a different experience, but uh, Christmas season was a wonderful season. I mean, magical. And in my life, all the way up through, it was just always the best part of the year. When people talk about, oh, the holidays are, I'm like, what? What are you talking about? It's the best part of the year. I love it. And not the consumerism part of it, but more just the the family and the the music and the lights and all the beauty that, that encompasses what for me was like. So you're, are, are you saying what we should be doing is wearing sackcloth and covering our head with ashes? <laughs> is that what you're asking us to do? Um, I think that it, I think that what we should be doing is something that does look very different than the world. Like, yeah, I think that um, it's the most stressful time of the year as much as it is the most wonderful time, you know, with, whether it be our bank accounts or our schedules. Um, and so I think that like one of the, so for instance, last year um, we were living Advent and we had a friend who was just stressed out and she's like, what in the world are you doing? Like, 
Um, and when we talked to her about what we do for Advent, she's like, oh my goodness, I need that. Like, I've never heard that. I've never thought about this time as a restful time of the year. Um, and so it's a wonderful invitation into a new life. Now, the thing is, like, we, you, you've been a part of our church. You know our church loves to party. We love to feast. Yeah. And so Advent is is this time of year where we wait, um, but then when on the day of the Nativity, Christmas, we party for 12 days, and it doesn't stop there. We actually, um, on Epiphany, we get together and we burn our Christmas trees and we sing hymns around a fire and hot cho- with hot chocolate, you know. And so we we party in, in the sense, you, we've all heard the 12 days of Christmas. Well, that starts on Christmas yeah. Day. And so while everyone's so tired and wore out and 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 kind of done with the season where ours is just starting. And so I think that the fact that we there's a contrast um is helpful for us to understand how we party. So um in a world of microwaves and it, and um Amazon deliveries and everything we don't have to wait anymore. And so it helps us to practice and and to learn again what it means to anticipate something that's coming. And and I think sometimes it's easier just for us to blow by those slow moments or even difficult moments to get to the good stuff. Um, I think I said this to you at some point, and I know I did, but maybe we didn't record it. Who knows? It's a professional operation here at the Redeemer <laughs> Worldwide Studios. Um, one of the things that when I was in grad school and sort of doing all my work, you do a lot of work on medieval world history. Oh, anyway, so in... The history of Christmas has always been particularly interesting to me simply because there are a lot of myths around it. And you're sort of dispelling some of the myths right now, but that Christmas was not on the 25th of December. (laughs) It wasn't. Almost positively, that day was actually the the feast of Bacchanalius, which was a Roman god, they would that, that Romans would give put a tree in their house and give gifts to their children. No joke, that was the day. So obviously, the Christian church, when it becomes the dominant church, says, you know, we can't really have these pagan holidays. Let's layer over it, and and rightfully so in many ways. But the idea that Jesus was born on the twenty fifth is is a myth. He was probably born in the spring. But what do we do? As a community of believers that says, but we, what do we do with the Christ child? What do we do with the nativity? If you're saying that it's, it's not that Evan is not about the Christ child and about the, the, the build up to the birth, but rather a second coming or a, a sort of, of the, of the fully complete risen Christ. What do we do with that? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that in the same way that that Mary was pregnant and you, you wait, I think of like, um, what, what typically is associated with moms is they nest and they get ready for the, the arrival of their child. And then the child comes and then there's a celebration of the coming or a lot of tiredness. And yeah, right. That too. Um, we're, we're doing the same thing though. It is still a celebration of the incarnation. Um, it is, it is a, a celebration of Christ coming among us. And in the case of him coming again, him coming and breaking into our, our, our moment of time here and to restore things. And so it's still a celebration of his coming in the same way that the light of the world came in Jesus. We look forward as we, we live in as sort of in darkness. We look forward again for the coming of, of the light of Christ. And, and so there are definitely commonalities and things that, that the two share in common. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to suggest that it's not 
at all about the nativity, but we're we are preparing ourselves for something that actually is yet to come. Uh, well, that, that's, that's a good way of sort of summing up. Uh, I'm not sure I fully have, like, I'm not sure I'm going to toss my Christmas tree or my Christmas lights or, you know, all the things. Funny, I've had a lot of conversations with people in the church, that people that are raising their kids without the understanding of Santa Claus. And uh, we, we, are, we are not doing that because we, I respect people's decision not to do that. My family was deeply embedded in faith. And talked about saying it didn't ruin me. So I'm kind of like, yeah. well, I it wasn't yeah. ruined by at some point we'll talk about the idea of what St. Nicholas was. And we talk with Maple all the time about the idea of what the spirit is about. Um, but but in a sense, what you're saying is it's really two different things. There is the season of Advent, which is a preparation, sort of that that, as you said, nesting, the pregnant nesting, preparing, but we're really not preparing in a sense for the nativity as much as we're preparing in a sense for Easter. For his coming for again. His coming. Again. A right. second time. And yeah. it's a it's a paradigm shift, right? That's mm-hmm. a little bit um of a paradigm shift for the average person who has who has mm-hmm. seen the Christmas season as, you know, hey, it's all about parties and it's about yeah. even the most devout Christian families, you know, it's yeah. it, you know, who aren't gonna practice the you know celebration of presents and Santa Claus and whatever, they're still, most of them are probably saying, oh, it's all about getting to the manger. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I've always struggled with that idea of if God is the already and not yet, Mm -hmm. um, then then we're sort of repeating, we're on this, we're on this broken record that just keeps skipping every year. It's like, wait, isn't Jesus here already? Um, I remember my mom, when I was a kid, she'd always say, um, when you're in a Catholic home, you always, you'll have a crucifix, but not in our house. Cause my mom was a radical Catholic and she's like, Jesus is not still on the cross mm-hmm. and you shouldn't put him on the cross. Anyway, uh, that's an yeah. aside, but, but yeah. just that paradigm shift of like mm-hmm. understand, putting the understanding uh, behind it. So as we go through this Advent mm-hmm. season, can you give practical steps to people like me or others that are out there? How can we live our life in a daily preparation for this? What I mean, is it, do we have more quiet time? Do we, you know, I know we can do the book of common prayer. We can do a lot of things along the daily. Uh, we can look at the, the daily liturgy and do that. But what are things that we could be doing as a community to prepare? Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, first of all, I think that as you get closer to Christian, Christmas, um, to the day of the nativity, it's it's perfectly fine to sort of um, um, make your way towards that. And so, like, if you, we're we're not going to be anyone over the head with the with putting up their tree early or anything like that. Um, but I think that maybe if you wanted to incorporate elements of Advent, maybe you can put the tree up. Um, you could put lights on, you could put the star on, you could put in, in shifts. And what that does is it still builds what we're hoping to build in Advent and that's anticipation. And so how can we do things that create in our children? And that's, that's the good thing about Santa Claus. I mean, I think that imagination and anticipation is a good thing for kids. And, and, um, the, my, the way that we do Santa Claus with our kids is not by any, any means me saying that that's a dogma, but I think that like anything that sort of helps build anticipation can be a good thing. Um, which, by the way, this Sunday we're talking about St. Nicholas, who was St. Nicholas as, as, a, yeah. as a bishop. Um, but I think that there are ways uh, that we can 
do things and as we get near. I love Advent songs, and we've oftentimes lost Advent songs, but, and you know, what I love about uh, the same thing with Lent and Easter and Advent and Christmas is that day, like when it happens, like singing joy to the world is like when you come through the darkness or through the quiet and through the waiting, and then you acknowledge that it is here, it's just that much more of a celebration. And I think that we need rhythms in our world today to remind us that Jesus has died. He, he, um, he has risen, but we also need rhythms to remind us that he will come again. Yeah. It's funny. It's not hard for me to, to, to fathom and understand Lent. Lent has always been one of my favorite spiritual times of the year Mm -hmm. because it is just that you said, it's a stepping out and it's a, uh, a way of, of consciously recognizing what we're doing and that, you know, you could, you could, Again, you could spend all your time saying, oh, I know Jesus is coming. I know he's coming. But there's something very practical. And it's one of the reasons why I love the liturgical calendar is that it gives us something to anchor ourselves around. Mm-hmm. That um, I've always said to people like, oh, I don't like that they read the prayers. Um, you know, we uh, we went to an evangelical church for a while and they would always, mm-hmm. you've got to kind of make them up as you go. And I always say, or not always say, I don't care how you pray, but for me, there's something about not having to have somebody come up with something in their own head that really thoughtful, well-intended, Christ-centered people have have thought about these prayers Mm -hmm. and are guiding me through it. I I love, I can only speak for myself. I I don't know who's going to listen to this podcast. Maybe everybody (laughs) in the church, and I hope so. But Mm -hmm. for me personally, it gives me something to pause and think about how have I been engaging in Advent what does it look like? Because like I said, Lent, no problem. I'm in, mm-hmm. let's do this. Yeah. I don't even, I'm always on people that say, oh, I gave up chocolate for Lent. I'm like, what? That, that, that's, that's, re- you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. think about something else. Anyway, yeah. uh, how about taking on something for yeah. it? But it just makes me realize that there's things that I can be doing within this Advent season very practically and very intentionally mm-hmm. that will help not only within the ecclesia, not only mm-hmm. within the body, but within my own spiritual walk. Yeah. Because sometimes I, I get in this caught in this rut of, oh, I do it every day, I have quiet time, whatever. And and I like the breakout seasons personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's I, I don't know. I've never heard that put yeah. that way before. So you know, thank you. You if yeah. only one person <laughs> has changed, Gary, you got me. Yeah, it's it's interesting because my kids we have um a kind of a, a thing on our table that is a path that you you know, that Jesus carrying the cross at Lent that makes its way around. You move the candle around till you get to Easter. Um, and then you, uh, at Advent, you take a section away from it <clears throat> because Advent's shorter. And you, it's it's Mary and Joseph on the, you know, the donkey making their way around to the middle too. And so um, my kids were a little bit confused. I think they thought this was Lent. <laughs> and and uh, one of them asked me the other night, what are you giving up for Advent? <laughs> Well, what is the difference then? What would you say is the difference? If you're saying it's both, in a sense, the preparation for the return of Christ, what's the difference? Yeah, so I think that there, I think that this is the similarity. I I just reminded him that, you know, this this is Lent. I mean, this is Advent, not Lent. However, um, here here's what I am doing. I'm not giving, I'm not taking something uh, away from my life um, necessarily, but I'm thinking about it is how can I prepare? How can I grow to anticipate? And so I told him, so he's like, what are you giving up for Advent? And I said, um, I am I am going to make a conscious effort this Advent to learn how to wait. I, because 
I, when I have to wait five seconds, I pull my phone out when I, <laughs> you know, when I have to, when there's quiet in the car, I have to turn the radio on. I said, I, in here, and here's my problem. I said, I've learned, uh, I've grown less patient. And I said, I need to be more patient. And so what I am focusing on, and this is what we preached on Sunday, and this was my takeaway from my own studies and preparation of the sermon, was I need to learn how to wait. And so there needs to be moments of quiet in our life because we we, we become so conditioned that silence and waiting is something that we don't know how to do. And so this is, so how does this translate into Christian walk? Oh, when when I suffer, oh, then, then oh, God must not be real because I would never have to suffer. Or, oh, when I have to wait for a decision, oh, that must mean God's closing the door, right? How many times do we say, oh, God's opening or closing a door if things are easy? Well, the reality is I think it actually makes a lot more sense occasionally to think that if it feels difficult, it might actually be the right thing. Yet we've associated waiting, longing, expecting, with with things that are, are things that we shouldn't have to experience, and, and we we are making a statement cultural culturally wide or whatever um, as a people together that um, we 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 tell time differently. Yeah, there's this idea of liminal space, which I know you're familiar with. Is that people hate liminal space. Liminal space is that suffering space mm-hmm. that, that most of us are predisposed or conditioned to flee from it as quickly as possible. That, fu- that I'm bored, I need my phone, or I'm in my car and I need the music. Mm-hmm. Liminal space is that, is that space of, of, in a sense, suffering. And all we need to do is look to the scriptures to see lots and lots of really, really important people that we subscribe to and ascribe to who did their greatest growth in that waiting, in that liminal space. The 40, yeah. 40 days is a very important number within mm-hmm. our faith and the tradition. Jesus waited. What does Jesus say? I think you said it in the sermon last week. Stay awake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stay awake. He said over, they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not, I, I have yeah. no judgment of them. I'm, I'm like, man, Peter, he's my, he's my guy because he's me, right? Yeah. A lot of people say, oh, I would never do that. I'm like, yes, you would, and you will. But there is yeah. something really powerful about this idea of I'm going to practice liminal space. I'm going to practice on a daily basis. Or if nothing else, I'm going to practice during the season of Lent. For 25 days, I'm going to practice putting myself into patiently waiting. I mean, the you know, the Quakers, for goodness sakes, do it at every meeting where there is yeah. this waiting period, this pregnant pause, if you will. Yeah. Um, we have this idea in our society, we don't like any empty space. As I, as I take it, Advent is a season of waiting and that we are preparing for the birth of the Christ child, but we're more importantly preparing for sort of the risen Christ re-entry into our world, mm-hmm. in the world that he created. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good word. I've been, I've been healed, Gary. Good. Thank you. Good. That's <laughs> great. All, all right. Any last thoughts on Advent? No, no. I will say that, you know, I, I don't expect everybody to go through Advent the same way, but it is nice liturgically uh, for people to rem- walk through these rhythms of the church calendar together and to realize that, Hey, this isn't this walk with the Lord. Isn't just about me, just about me and the Lord, but it's about us as a people and thinking about our corporate witness, the way that we, we participate in these rhythms of the church calendar, the way that that is an invitation 
of the world into um, life in Christ. Yeah, excellent. Good way to end it. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode. Peace. Peace.